Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I'm Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool. Sean, today we're going to be talking about mind control and hidden addictions. Going through. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) How did you know that? I actually made you say that. (laughs) That's right. You did. Through a certain level of, um, I don't know, you just put the, uh, what do they call it? Put put the whammy on me. Yeah. It's like Inception. (laughs) And I made you think it was your own thought. (laughs) You know, which is kind of what we're talking about today. That's right. Not the movie Inception because nobody understands that. No. No. That's one. I know that's one of your favorites. I love that oh, movie. Yeah. Is that your all-time movie. favorite? Oh man, I don't know about all time. That's like it's like picking kids. <laughs> you know, it's like there's some good movies out there, but Inception yeah. is definitely one of the the top. And it to me, it feels like a marketing movie because that's ultimately what you're doing as an advertiser and marketer is implanting a thought in somebody's head. Yeah. In such a way that they think it's their own. Yep. And that's the absolutely whole point of the movie. Absolutely. Now, were you ever an X-Files fan? Did you ever watch X-Files? Oh, yeah. Files? Okay. The original. Like so, Mold, Fox, Mulder. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, the, the early, the 90s. yeah, the early shows, right? Yeah. Um, like late 90s, early 2000s. Yes. Whenever, I love those. Yeah. It's like the first five, se- the first five se- seasons of X-Files were just amazing. Uh, yeah. But one of my, this makes me think about when we talk about um, mind control, one of my favorite episodes was about the guy that had the, um, his name was Pusher. I think the episode was called Pusher. Do you remember that? Where he could like, he could push people into, he could just through his voice, he could literally put the whammy on them and control what they did. So that's cool. Yeah. So we're going to talk about doing that (laughs) kind of in writing. Yeah, that's right. Um, That's right. We're going to be featuring some information from, one of the most popular books that we've ever talked about on the show, we're kind of, you know, we're approaching 300 episodes here. So that's right. we've been looking back and we used Blair Warren's, um, what's it called? The Forbidden hidden, Keys. The for, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. The Forbidden Keys to Persuasion. Right. Uh, Blair Warren. That was one of the first books we featured on our show back, you know, what, four or five years ago when we first started. It's crazy. It's been that long, has it? 2018, I guess. So yeah, I guess it has been four years. Yeah. So that's when Sean and I were doing this podcast right here in the old studio. Yeah. We were going through this book. It was good stuff, but Before that's I got run out of town. <laughs> <laughs> and we still get comments on those episodes. Cause we did, it was like a five, what, four or five part series that we did yeah. on the, and on this book. Um, we're going to spend some time on one of the lessons that pertain, but that pertain to um, mind control and hidden addictions. So Ooh, hidden addictions, hidden addictions. Yes, yeah. this is powerful stuff. If you're in sales, marketing, marriage, anything like that, mm-hmm. these are good to know. Yep. So absolutely, and it explains a lot how you know cults work. You know, yeah. we we've talked about in this this in the past how cult leaders are so effective. You know, most of these cult leaders are very good at influence and persuasion. They've, uh, I know that Charles Manson, you know, years ago, I read a thing, um, or, or I think I was watching it. It was a biography I was watching on him where he, he read, I think it was when he was in prison, one of his first stints in prison, he went, he read, uh, the book, how to win friends and influence people. You know, he studied that book backwards nice. and forwards. So very nice. And by the way, it is six hidden addictions, not five, not seven, right? Six, six. So six. obviously Blair's not perfect. Um, cause he came up with an even number. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe he should have cut one. Maybe he should have added one. I don't know, but uh-huh. yeah. I don't know what kind of copywriter he thinks he is Yep. in doing just six. That doesn't make sense to me, but mm-hmm. oh, actually maybe there is seven. Is there seven? There is seven. My notes. My yeah, yeah. Note, my notes were cut off. See, yep, I just there are seven. Yeah, I'm looking here. Yeah, there's. My notes were cut off. <laughs> oh well. That makes me feel better, though. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To know that he ended with seven, That's and not right. six. That's right. All right. Well, before a, he we was a good marketer. The, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Got to give him a little credit. I know. I was like, it was kind of confusing. So uh, before we do that, though, let's jump into some juvenile beer talk. 
in honor of our last week's guest, Chris, not guest, but commenter. Commenter, yes. I was hoping the comment was still saved in StreamYard so I could throw it up. But. That's right. All right. That's right. So this is uh, this is the juvenile beer talk set, uh, part of the podcast. <laughs> that's right. He is not listening. He has wait. He's waiting out his 15 minutes or so. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> then he'll jump on. Um, so what do you have over there, man? I've got a, I think I've got a really good one and All right. I will say, well, I know I do because I've already jumped the gun a little bit. Oh. <laughs> one of those things, you know, it's like Christmas, uh, you can't wait till Christmas morning. So you might like take a little peek or, you know, open yeah, one of so those. Jonathan's gifts. not, Jonathan's not so hidden addiction. <laughs> <laughs> You know yeah. what they say, idle minds or idle hands or the devil's yeah. workshop. And that, in my case, I had a little time before the show started and uh-huh. uh, get a little work done. I'm like, ooh. Looks like you did a little redecorating too. They got a plant back there. Was that, has that been there for a few weeks? No, it's it's new. It's new. Oh, and I have to nice. compliment because I am um, I'm actually renting out my studio part-time. So I get to enjoy the benefits of one of my rentees who rents the studio from me on a monthly basis. Um, That's cool. Once a week, they, they've kind of spruced it up a little bit with a little plant life. I like it. There you go. Even though it's artificial, but. Still. Looks, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> a little depth there. Cool. Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, uh, you want to start? Yeah. Yeah, I'll start. I've got the um, highly acclaimed KBS from Founders. Okay, and this yeah. is a new, this is the espresso. Um, Ooh, that sounds the good. Flavored, the KBS flavored stout espresso ale brewed with uh, chocolate and coffee aged in oak bourbon barrels. Um, wow. Yes, this is 12%, my friend. And, wow. Uh, <laughs> I may need that around six o'clock tomorrow i don't know for sure but i may <laughs> I, i've got some of these saved just in case um yeah, yeah. I, I will and i've got some some folks of the opposite persuasion that will be uh over at the household so i may have to go upstairs or uh, watch <laughs> the game in a different room and drink these down one by one yes so well um Here's what I've got. So you know how you know, we just had Halloween. Yeah. You know how after Halloween there's the leftover candy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It sits in a bowl somewhere, and everybody picks through it, and then there's the same candy kind of left. Just kind of yeah. Later. Yeah. What's the, the remains? Yeah. Well, this is that beer of my four pack. <laughs> this is the one I've been avoiding. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, eh. so it's the four pack from Marty's Little Monsters, and it's Strawberry. called Gummy Boast. Yeah, that's and it's a strawberry cream sour. Now, the other three were really good from this four-pack. Yeah. Um, so, I'm holding out a little bit of hope, but I have not tried this. There's the gummy ghost. It's a little <laughs> scary looking. Um, but, yeah, this is the You the should leftover. have put that one in somebody's trick-or-treat bag. Probably <laughs> you should can't have. do that to a kid. We did, yeah, we didn't have a single trick-or-treater, so. <laughs> Our driveway's up a hill. Oh, okay. Too much work. The neighborhood, there's <laughs> too much Yeah, effort. there's... The houses are far apart and on our streets. Like nobody likes trick or treat here. It's just not time efficient. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's cheers it up. Okay. Let me see. All right. Let's see that color again. Once again, I've forgotten my glass, so I've got a little. Um, which is <laughs> what well, it is. This an is espresso, perfect because right? it's a spread. It's an, an espresso stout. So this is great. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Hmm. Forgot. There we go. There we go. Double. Oh, hmm. wow. That is sour. That is not, that is not lie. <laughs> that tastes exactly like little. I saw, I saw a bitter sours. beer face. Uh, I saw you pucker up after oh, that. Oh man. It actually tastes like candy. Like, uh, <sighs> like a, like a sour, gum, like sour. Patch I kid. hate, I'm not a big fruity candy person. It tastes like a sour patch kid. Yeah, that's Rachel loves those Sour Patch Kids and those sour gummy than, worms. Ugh. Go find her this beer; she'll love Ugh. it. Yeah, it's it's it was shocking, even though it said sour on it. No way, not for me. It's actually not bad. Really, it's actually not bad at all. Okay, it almost tastes more like a cider than a beer. Mm. So, okay, yeah, I could actually get used to that. I wouldn't. Hmm. 
That's interesting. So what's your score while I think about mine? Uh, this is going to get every bit of a, but somewhere between four, eight, and five. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> there are people interrupting me. Um, this is getting a four, eight, four, five. I'm going to say, I'm going to split the difference. I, I know I gave a five last week yeah, and it was amazing. I don't think it's on, I don't think this one's on that level. It was so good, but I'm going to give this one a, I'm going to give this one a, I'm going to split it. I'm going to give this one a four, nine. It's right on the edge. It's really good. Um, something about these coffee stouts and coffee porters, um, especially a little espresso there. It is amazing. Yeah. I, I love to find that. Man. All right. Four well, nine. I'm going to give mine a three, five, three, five. Ooh. It's not bad, but it's kind of, I think if you like sour beers, you'd, you'd probably like it unless it's just too sweet for you because yep. it does have some sweet. Yep. But yeah. It's actually surprisingly drinkable. So, mm. um, just well, not something I would know. pick again, but it is a, it is a solid middle of the road kind of beer. So yeah, three, that's three great, five. man. For that beer, I would have, I would have not expected that. Yeah. I was a little worried, you know, I thought it was going to be like a two, five, but yeah. yeah, no three, five. I could probably even bump it up a little bit, but that's, we'll mm-hmm. go with three, five. Okay. So All have right, you let's... finished, you've, you finished out that series, correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. You're done. We'll be moving on to Thanksgiving <laughs> beers, I guess next. Yes. Get oh, some turkey stouts or something. Oh, yes. Cranberry gotcha. stout, maybe, like a, a mashed potato stout. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm sure those are out there somewhere. Let's see. I have to see if I can find a, yep. a Thanksgiving a dinner stout. Sweet potato. Yes. Yeah, oh, that'd stout. be good. Oh, that'd be good. That actually might work. <laughs> hmm. Write these down. That's send them right. to somebody. Yeah. I know there's a couple of local brewers around here. Oh, so sure. I can get them to cook up a Thanksgiving leftover oh, stout. Man. Man, like a like a turkey leftover sandwich stout, you know, oh. with the cranberry and the bread and the so good, so yeah, good. Be, little stuffing good. stout, man. Yeah, little stuffing. Ugh. Now I'm just getting hungry. <laughs> so, Hammer came home today with the uh, groceries for Thanksgiving. Oh, kind of right. Kind of bre- getting everything ready and all that. So, got the turkey and everything on. ready, huh? Yeah, she's she's gathering the materials. That's for sure. Materials. So. Yeah. So. Do you guys just uh, bake the turkey, fry it, or what do you do? Yeah, bake it in the oven. Bake it, okay. Yeah, or broil it, broil roast it. it, whatever it's called. Yeah. I guess it's roast. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Man. let's jump into some hidden addictions. Talking, uh, speaking of food and <laughs> hidden addictions, yeah. let's get into yeah. it. It's enough juvenile beer <laughs> talk for one day. <laughs> All right, so we're talking, if you've never gotten a copy of this book, I don't even know where you can, like, you have to oh, Google it, to. It is. It is still out there. Okay. Um, it's on Blair Warren's site. Okay. If you go in his, he has not touched his site since 2013, but if you go to blairwarren.com and type in the search bar, um, Forbidden Keys to Persuasion, it will pop up a page and it's like 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Best $20 you'll spend on any, yeah. any book. This is, this is about f- persuasion. Yeah. yeah. About persuasion. It's, it's fantastic. All right, where do you want to jump off? You want to jump with the mind control or the addictions, or yeah, let's get into um, let's get into addictions because understanding yeah. people's addictions is really the secret to you know having to mind control. control. Yeah, so right. you have to understand. So he gets into, as you mentioned at the top of the show, there are seven addictions that we as human beings all have, um, and I'll start with the first one: is the right. the need. To feel needed, right? Yes. People need to be. People need to feel needed. Yes. So, and I think this is classic when it comes to uh, cults. I mean, that is how they draw people in. If you've read anything about the success or how they operate, you know how the uh, so many of these cult groups uh, operate. They bring you in, and they bring in people who are kind of beaten up. And mm-hmm. have uh, you know taken it on the chin, so to speak, in life, and they need they need to feel needed. They need to feel um, that they can contribute to something, and that's what they do. So, yep. 
And you have to understand as a marketer, copywriter, that there are people out there that want, that have a craving <clears throat> to feel needed in whatever realm they're working in. I mean, they, they need to feel like they're contributing something and it's not, well, you know, this is, no, this, go ahead. this is a great way. Um, if you run a nonprofit or a church, you know, the other side of maybe a cult, depending on who you ask, um, this is how you can get volunteers or even if for your own brand and yeah. stuff, if you know, if you look in a lot of Facebook groups, you'll see that there's a person in there that's not officially associated with the brand that will rise to the top yep. as a, as kind of a moderator. They're always, you know, mm -hmm. answering questions in the group and all that right. stuff. And they're not a group owner. They're not a founder. They got nothing in it, right. but they need to feel needed. So they yeah. show up and you can actually, you can use that to your advantage as a, as a business owner, right. um, nonprofit owner, anything. When you see those people, you can understand that what's going on is they, they need to feel needed and you can put them to work yeah. and they are happy to do it for free. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, it's amazing how, you know, it's, it's pretty much timeless. If you think about, mm -hmm. you know, this, this need and it, will always be. I mean, what we're talking about here are addictions that are not there. I mean, these are evergreen. They will, they will always be around. Yeah. It's, it's human it, psychology. It's human. You know, it's, it's, it's part of being a human being is we all need to feel needed. That's number one. Yeah. There's no, uh, no AI going to take over. <laughs> That's and, right. And do that. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, these are timeless. If you understand these, these are timeless. And, and you're right, Sean. There's no uh, software program you can write that will uh, counter uh, these needs in a human being. And yeah, it might help. There might be some that help fulfill and sure, you know that need. Mm -hmm. um, like replica AI that just came out, mm -hmm. and you can create a virtual AI friend yeah. to go talk to and That's talk right. with. So uh, it's crazy. Sounds very sad, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's also fascinating at the same time. It is. It yeah, really um, is. Yeah. All of these that we're talking about are <clears throat> human nature mm -hmm. type things, Yeah, you know, and human nature, you know, we've said it before. Lots of people have said it, you know, Prince, the, the principles of human nature does not change. Mm -hmm. Marketing tactics change. Marketing platforms change. Um, even the things, the physical things that people want change over time, but human nature does not change. That's right. And if you can write and sell and speak to human nature, yeah, then you'll always be able to, that's right. You know, kind of make a living and convince people and all the things you want to, you want to do. One of the, I, I don't know if you've ever read Steve Jobs biography, but one of the ways that he convinced the president um, of Pepsi or the VP mm -hmm. of Pepsi to come work for him, you know, Steve Jobs was known as having these long walks, you know, with people and he would kind of, you know, talk with them. And he was very good at persuasion though. Um, but one of the lines that I remember in reading the book is like, you know, do you want to share, do you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life or do you want to change the world? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yep. you know, there you go. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, do you want to feel needed? Yeah. Yeah. I want to exactly. like, do you want to just sell a commodity or do you want to change the world? Do you want to work for a place where you're truly needed? So. And what's funny is you could, you could just as easily flip that around, you know, and be like, yeah. Hey, you know, do you just want to sell metal and plastic or yeah. do you want to make people's lives happy? Absolutely. Right. I could, I mean, so I could flip it around and, and, and make the same argument the mm -hmm. other way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you're tapping in. It's not about the products. It's about That's right. what people want. That's exactly. Yeah. All right. So let's look at hidden addiction. Number two, people will do anything to gain a sense of hope. Right. When aware yes. of an impasse. An people, impasse. Impasse. Is an impasse? Impasse. impasse. Yeah. Or impasse or impasse. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> an obstacle. Let's go with that yeah, word. An obstacle. People do anything block. to gain a sense of hope. And that is persuasion in a nutshell. People love, people are sold yes. on hope all the time. Right. 
Yep. It's well, how there's a, there's a great line from his, uh, one sentence persuasion book that kind of pre-sold this book mm-hmm. back in the day mm-hmm. that I, that I pulled out for the oh, show. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's the 27, it's the one sentence It's 27 words. People will do anything for those who encourage their dreams, justify their failures, allay Absolutely. their fears, yes. confirm their suspicions and help them throw rocks at their enemies. Mm. Um, cause all those things create a sense of hope That's right. for the person. That's right. Yeah. I feel stuck. And we talk about this in marketing all the time, but it's mm-hmm. not stated this way. Yeah. Usually what we talk about is creating the gap, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's the hell of where they are and the heaven of where they want to go. Right. And if they feel stuck in the hell, then that impasse is the, the gap in between. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll do anything Mm-hmm. So if you can talk about the hope, they'll do whatever it takes to, to build a bridge to cross that gap. Right. Absolutely. And that's how you sell most every product, oh, you know, yeah. yep. you know, outside of commodities and even some commodities, but that's how you sell most, especially information products. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of things, this is, this is what people are doing. They're trying to get around that roadblock and have a sense of hope about it. Yeah. Yeah, and this works for anybody. I don't care if you're talking to like as Dan Kennedy says, you're not talking if you if you're marketing B2B, there is a person that you're talking to within that company or organization. Like, you know, it's I mean, people think of this mostly when you're selling to consumers, but you know, even even in my industry where you're selling, you know, B2B, there's a face behind who you're selling to, you know, that yep engineer, that purchasing agent, the, you know, person that needs some sense of hope to make, you know, what is their hope? Their hope is making their job easier. Their hope is not getting fired. Fired. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Or their hope is maybe getting a promotion because they made the right decision. Um, You know, so those are things you have to tap into their, you're, you're not tapping into what the company the company's goals are those don't matter to you as a marketer. What matters is the person who's behind that desk. That's actually making that decision. What are their hopes? What are their dreams? Like, what do they want to do? What do they want to achieve? Yes. Because an S S corp filing or an LLC filing (laughs) cannot make a decision. That's right. Exactly. Only the people inside Mm -hmm. that company can make the decision. And they will make those as we've talked about before, they will make those decisions when you present them, they will justify it. Um, you, you know, they you sell them on the hope, which is the emotional side, and they will find mm-hmm. every reason to justify it logically to their superiors if they bought yeah, it. And a lot of times, if, if you do a good job with the hope, yeah, they'll start telling you the logical reasons. That's right. Absolutely. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, we can do that. Yes, right. we can do that. And exactly. Because they'll tell you everything you need to know. Yep. You know, especially if you just shut up for a while and let, let them tell you. And just, yeah, just listen. Yeah. <laughs> They're telling you everything they need to know. Yes. Um, All right. So number one was people need to feel needed. Number two was when aware of an impasse, people will do anything to gain a sense of hope. Mm-hmm. So hidden addiction number three. People need a scapegoat, right? So you, oh, talk, really? you touched on this so. earlier. People need to be able to. I uh, think so. These days, people want to scapegoat. <laughs> well, just look at, I mean, we're in the silly season of politics. You know, how many ads have you seen lately in the last few weeks? You know, I'll be glad oh. when Tuesday's over, by the way. Yes. But, Finger pointing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, both sides. I mean, mm-hmm. even sports, you know. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. You, you need a scapegoat, right? The, you know. Fans weren't in it. I mean, we've even had some coaches in the last year or two be like, call out the fans because right. the fans weren't showing up. Yep. Like, like that's the problem. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know. But it worked. Unfortunately, I mean, we we laugh at this, but it it, it oh. it's very effective, right? I mean, we all need a scapegoat, and it doesn't absolutely. have to be another person. It could be anything. Yeah, it could be, um, it could be my personality type, right? Mm-hmm. I can blame my personality type. That's a scapegoat. That's right. Um, I could blame, you know, people who made, who came up, some monk that came up with a beer. I could blame him, That's you right. know, for my bad day or whatever. <laughs> like it could Look at really Twitter right anything. now. Elon Musk, man. I mean, talk about like scapegoats. This is a prime example. 
I mean, like advertisers are, I don't know what's going on with their advertising model. I don't think it was very good to begin with, but yeah. No. Um, but you know, once he buys that, uh, you know, there's a scapegoat there. I mean, there's like, you know, he's going to yes. change things and then, you know, oh, yeah. it riles people up on one side or the other. So this gets them, you know, their donors or their, the people that, uh, support them, you know, they use this as leverage, man. Each side uses this as leverage. It's unbelievable how, how effective it is. Yeah. When you identify I mean, the, the boogeyman. Yeah. I mean, look at, you know, and you learn this early, right? I mean, you learn this as a kid, like so-and-so stole my whatever, or right. so-and-so like you ask two kids, you got two kids. Yep. You're right. Yep. And you ask them who did it. First yeah. thing they do is point to the other person. That's right. It's like, no, he made me do it. Or, yep. I mean, if we go back to the original story, yep. Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. right? It's like, God's like, what have you done? Sure. She made me do it. Yeah. She gave me the fruit. Yeah. It's like. Oh, yeah. That's our, our, first, absolutely. our first story first around humanity. Right absolutely. Yeah. It's just, and it hasn't stopped since. I mean, and guess what will happen? Would, like, you know, these things will be amplified. If we go into recession next year, believe me, you'll see all the financial ads. You'll see all of the ads or, or all of the marketing that comes out as to the reason why we're in a recession. It's, you know, yep. it's the feds, you know, the federal reserve. It is, you know, corporations, oil companies, yeah, yeah the oil companies that are, they're, you know, they're, they're pricing their product too high. You know, they're, they're, yeah. they're making millions off of the consumer. Um, yeah, and, you'll, and you'll have it on either side. Like yeah. it's, you know, we're not picking sides here with this. These, this is human nature. It is. Both sides you're going to find, or not both sides, all sides. All sides, yeah. Because there's more than two sides mm-hmm. um, are going to find a scapegoat because it That's makes right. them feel yep. less responsible. Yep. Exactly. All right. So moving on to number four. Uh, people need to be f- uh, noticed and feel understood. Um, yes. Stephen yeah. Covey wrote about this, right? Absolutely. Seek first to understand if you yeah. want to, if you want to influence people. That's right. And then to, then be, to be understood. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, so, in, and the reason that he wrote that is because our tendency, our addiction is to be understood first. Mm-hmm. So that's why he flipped it and said, no, you yeah. need to seek first to understand and then right. be understood. Yep. And if you can do that, you'll feed their addiction and those people will, will, mm-hmm forever be you know will lo- like you forever because yep. or at least until you screw up and do something else so. <laughs> yeah but for a while you'll have them right you know so and you know this in sales is you know oh yeah if you Absolutely. go in like slinging your product and you got commission mm-hmm. breath like mm-hmm. you know you're not getting anywhere no but if you come in and you like sincerely and you can get them to really believe that you want to know what's going on in their business and what's mm-hmm. working and what's not working and yeah you know, how could we help, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. They will open up. Yeah, absolutely. You have to acknowledge like that person as again, going back to, you're not selling, you're never selling to a company. You're always selling and you, you need to take this away. This is the most important thing that you can probably take away from this podcast, whether you're in a copywriter or you're uh, you know, you're in sales, you're never selling to an entity. You're selling to that person who has, feelings and they have wants they have needs and and those people need to be noticed and felt understood and you have to acknowledge them for what they've done or what they have to go through or you know uh you know and the way you go about that is ask some questions about themselves about what their you know what their job is you know if you're a copywriter um sometimes it's all about you can't ask what you know you can ask questions but you know your job is to say a lot of times to say it's not your fault, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not your fault. You know, we talk about that well, a lot, you know, that's a combination of this, of the scapegoat too. That's right. right. Yeah. That's why that phrase is so powerful is because mm-hmm. people want a scapegoat. That's so if right. you say it's not your fault, well, that means even if you don't pin it on anybody, right. an actual, you know, scapegoat, right. it implies that there's one out there for you. Yep. Exactly. Stories so say, are really, I, th- I would say as a copywriter, stories are really good place for, the need, you know, people need to feel understood and, yes. you know, writing, you know, Sean, you can relate to this as a copywriter, you know, writing stories that relate to people, you know, 
and relating your own story. You know, you've got mm-hmm. a great story to share, and I'm sure that you talk about that a lot, like your own story of like, you know, here's where I was before, you know, as a painter, you know, the having 250, was $250 in your bank account. 26, man. 26, yeah. <laughs> okay, less than that. It was, yeah, it was one-tenth of that, man. <laughs> a rough day. But, you know, that's... That's relatable, you know? Yeah. That gets on their level. I mean, that's... there's Yeah, there's so many people that um, you're probably trying to sell to on mm-hmm. one level or another that, you know, are one missing one paycheck away from yeah. from that reality, mm-hmm. you know? Um, some of... I mean, I remember back, you know, even before that, you know, how many times, like, the bank was like, you know, is this going to clear in time so right. I don't get an overdraft type right. thing? Like... And I, I remember going to the bank one time, like kind of after I'd started writing and we were doing pretty well, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd kind of forgotten about those days of overdrafts and things like that. Um, yeah. And I go to the bank, I'm depositing a check and there's this couple outside beat up old car mm-hmm. and they're both sitting there. Um, and they're, I hear overhear them talking about how they like, they just, their overdraft, they had like three things hit in a row and they had like three overdraft charges. So it was like a hundred bucks mm-hmm. and they didn't even have, you know, obviously if you get overdrafts, you don't have a hundred bucks in fees to pay. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, Oh man, I was there like <laughs> two years ago. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you, it's, it's funny how quickly you can forget uh, sometimes too. Right. That, right. That there's people dealing with that every single day. Sure. And yeah. um, you, you know, if you can tap into that emotion and that, that kind of stuff that's going on through stories and mm-hmm. that you understand what they've been through. Yeah. A little story like that goes oh, a long way. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. So, so big. I mean, you, you know, for, in yours, even like a, you know, what you would think is a fairly sterile, cold industrial environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could tell a story, you know, a, a heart wrenching story about a, a, a buyer who, yeah made the wrong decision and, mm-hmm. you know, end up getting fired right before Christmas. Like you could, you oh, could doctor sure. it up pretty good if you wanted yeah, to. Absolutely. I'm sure you have some real stories, but I mean, you could, you know, the, the wall street journal story that's so famous, you know, the mm-hmm. ad, the two men, that's yeah. Half of that story is about not being the guy mm-hmm. who's stuck in the same career for 30 years. Sure. Yeah. Right. So that's the one side, like I, you know, to be understood that what it's like to stay kind of in the same middle management job for 20 or 30 years. Oh yeah. And they laid it out in that ad very quickly and succinctly. But people on that half could relate to it and then see this as a, as a hope, Mm -hmm. right? Cause they're in an impasse addiction number two. So the wall street journal becomes hope for them. Yep. Absolutely. On the other side, the guy who was already successful, it reassures him that what he's doing reading the wall street journal and getting knowledge is the right path. Right. So either way you're understanding where they're at in their life. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I All mean, right. stories are just an, an amazing way. And if you can use your own personal stories to relate to them, that's even better. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's one thing to use other people's stories or, you know, you know, someone, but if you can, t- you know, share about your own story and, uh, you know, you know, you and I remember the, you know, the last big recession quite, quite well. I mean, like 2008, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a life changing time for me. Cause that, yeah. that made me, that was like the awakening for me that made me aware that, you know, I don't care who you hit your wagon to it's in terms of if you work for a corporate entity, yeah. um, you know, no matter what you do, you know, you're, you know, you, you can be let go. I mean, it, you have no control over your future. So hey, it's funny you say that, like, um, an email I got today from charter, mm-hmm. um, like the chart company, not charter, the cable company. Yeah. Um, says they showed a graph. It says the list of tech companies and startups with layoffs keep just keeps growing. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Twitter, Stripe and Lyft, mm-hmm. um, obviously Twitter's kind of, it's not necessarily a recession reason. It's they're just cleaning house. Yeah. But Stripe and Lyft and Stripe was the most shocking because that's such a broad indicator of the economy. Oh, absolutely. It's, a pay, yeah. it's a payment processor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they laid off a thousand of their 7,000 people. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Which is pretty significant. That's that a, is huge. It's a big layoff. And this huge. is the first big round of layoffs since 2008. I mean, mm-hmm. not counting the, the pandemic because right. that was kind of industry specific. Yep. You know, but yeah, since 2008, this is the first kind of real round of layoffs that a lot of people have seen. Yeah. So there's a whole generation that, you know, has not seen a job market like this. So That's right. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be an opportunity to sell and provide services to those people. Sure. If you can understand what it feels like to lose your job and be laid off. Yeah. There's, absolutely. there's an opportunity there to offer services that, f- that give them a sense of hope. Yep. And you can blame the companies. I'm trying to get all the, all the, <laughs> absolutely. all the addictions here tied in. <laughs> you, can, you can blame the company or the economy or the president as a scapegoat. That's so, right. That's right. It would not be hard to write that letter. So, you know, <laughs> indeed, um, the job company, probably the biggest job company right now, yeah. you know, they should be pressing into all these things right now because oh, that's big time. Yeah. Yeah. And selling their premium resume mm-hmm. building services. That's right. Which they are advertising a lot right now, which is smart. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that is smart for them. Um, yeah. But right. I mean, th- those stories are great if you can share those because it makes you feel vulnerable. I mean, it shows the, a vulnerable side of you. You know, if you can share like I share stories a lot of the, you know, the 2008, when that happened, you know, I got laid off from my company mm-hmm. and yeah. that was, like I said, that was like the epiphany for me. It's like, it doesn't matter what your, you know, how much success you can achieve within a company. If they, you know, <laughs> if they're in a situation where they have to, they're over leveraged, they yeah. have to make some very difficult decisions and sometimes you're part and, of that. So, and you never expect it. No, you never like, expect it. it like even absolutely. when you, ex- and ex- even when you expect it, like mm-hmm. you don't expect it that day. Exactly. Right. You know, it's like, oh, maybe I'll get another month, you know, and yep. then like you get the call that day. It's like, That's oh, right. crap. And right, it was like uh, two months after that. I, it was like two months after that. I, I wrote the first book that I ever published. Right. Ah, so cool. Was, yeah. So I was like, Things and then you were on your way. That's right. All right. Hidden addiction number five. People need to know things others don't know mm-hmm. and things they aren't supposed to know. Oh, I like Forbidden that. knowledge. <laughs> the secrets. The secrets. Well, isn't it? Like, it's funny. Like, if I didn't think about this, but I'm, I'm listening to a new podcast series mm-hmm. that is going mm-hmm. through the Old Testament. Okay. From a Jewish rabbi's point of view. And it's fascinating because there's so much more depth and nuance than, than what we understand in Western culture. Um, and I'm just thinking as, as I go through these, like all of these were in the, the original story in Genesis. Yeah. Like people need to know things others don't know things. They are, I mean, the whole tree of good knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. Here it is right here. So all these, sure. you know, we said these were human nature type things. Mm-hmm. And when they wrote the story, you know, of, you know, those first three or four or five chapters of, of Genesis, like all these things about human nature are in there. Yeah. Every one of these things, people want to feel needed. They, you know, they need a sense of hope when things come to an impasse. Exactly. They want to scapegoat. They, right. they want to feel noticed and understood. And this one, they want to know things they aren't supposed to know. I want to know what is the, what is good and evil? Like, I want to know that, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. So, um, yeah. And this is, this is why, I remember when I worked at Stansberry, um, one of the first things my copy chief told me is like, he, I said, I said something about secrets because they use secrets a lot, you know, the word secrets and headlines. <laughs> I was like, isn't that used a lot? He's like, yeah. He's like, it keeps working. Works every time. <laughs> he said, because it's always a secret to somebody that's reading. Well, I mean, think about the title of this book. It's called The Hidden Keys. Yeah. Hidden, hidden, right? You're not supposed yes. to know. When they're hidden, you're yes. not supposed to know. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, secrets hidden, uh, closed door behind closed doors. That's like, right. Little known yeah. secrets, exclusive access, exclusive access. All of, all of these, man. Yeah. And it goes back to, you know, un, like you're talking about that, that desire to know the unknown, Yeah. but also the, um, the scarcity factor, you know, and influence is lack of availability to the public. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is the reason people upgrade to VIP on a lot of products. That's right. 
Yeah. Cause they think they're going to know something that the, the people who insider. aren't willing to upgrade get, you know, don't know. What is this insider information? Right. Yes. I love that. I don't care yeah. how many times I've ever heard insider information. I just love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you gotta know. I mean, it, it's so powerful. It's illegal. It is. Right. Le- my, literally my father-in-law and I hate, you know, I'm not going to, I don't, like to bust on family, but, and cause I mean, my father-in-law is very savvy and, you know, he's been in the accounting field for a long time. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he gets, you know, anybody can get persuaded by this. I mean, he got persuaded mm-hmm. by it during the, obviously during the crypto mania yeah. on a lot of this secret or hidden info on the crypto in the crypto industry that yeah. he took part in. Made some good money, lost a lot of money too. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like so. somebody told me. Uh, I think I remember there was this guy I knew. He told a joke. He's like, "Yeah, I've I've lost two hundred twenty five pounds. It's like I gained two hundred twenty six, <laughs> but <laughs> it took me thirteen yeah. years and fourteen different tries. That's but, right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, but uh, yeah, that that need to know." Things others Inside, don't know yeah. that secret insider information Inside. that is so powerful. I love it. And it, like I said, it doesn't have to actually be like that's why people upgrade to VIP. That's why people mm-hmm. want the extra package because they want to know. And I was, I would even argue, want to feel mm-hmm. things other don't feel, which kind of hits number seven, right. which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this one's true, but we'll go in number. <laughs> so we'll see if it's true. Yeah. Okay. Unless you had something else for number five. No, I was just, I was thinking about a guy that, you know, I love that, you know, that addiction, um, you know, for that insider information, there's, you know, we talk about college football, but there's a, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you ever subscribe to any of these uh, preseason publications, but sometimes I'll, there's one that I'll pick up in particular. And it's a guy that does a fantastic job, but the reason I'm hooked on what he puts out uh, is like, you know, cause I like to get an overview of what, you know, sometimes what the season looks like. So I'll pick up mm-hmm. a copy of his magazine, but he puts like, it, it, he's really good. Part of it's marketing. Part, part of my uh, attention to this magazine is not just college football, but it is a, from his standpoint, he's an excellent marketer. He's probably one of the best marketing marketers in the, you know, college football industry in terms of like media guys that puts out, you know, a lot of information. Um, but it's a guy named Phil Still. He puts this stuff out, but he puts that, you know, I noticed on his magazines, his print magazines, um, yeah, which are still a, th- a thing, you know, you can go yeah. to it and get and get a magazine with all this information. Uh, but he puts on at the very top of the magazine cover, like it's like the inside secrets that only the experts rely on, right? Like uh, only the experts or the meat, you know, the, the, you know, the media savvy experts in the industry, yeah, they use that information. So. Well, it occurs to me kind of, as we're talking about this, I hadn't made this connection before, but this need to know things others don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you got addiction number five, Yep. but then you also, it kind of leads into addiction number one, which is people feel need to feel needed. Right. Oh, Cause yeah. if I have the information, right then suddenly I am more valuable to the tribe, Absolutely. whatever tribe I'm in. That's right? right. So if I'm, if you're out with, you know, a group of guys, they're talking sports and you've read the magazine and they haven't. Right. That gives you a sense of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, superiority and knowledge and things like that. Right. That makes you feel good. makes you feel needed. Absolutely. All right. So, um, lastly, now two more. Got two more. Oh, we got two more. I don't know if this one's true. Sense of power or people. Oh, people need to be right. Yeah. You think that's true? You think people feel like they need to be right? <laughs> Man, I wrote down that. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. So I must, uh, I miss, you missed one. Huh? I missed that one. Um, people need to be right. People need to be right. Um, Man, hmm. I don't know. That's a good one. Sorry about that. Oh, there we go. I just got wow. kicked off. <laughs> Sean kicked me off. Yeah. No, so I, I, uh, I clicked a little, um, 
click the little icon there. I think the leave button or something. Yeah. Um, no, I think I, I don't know. This is a this is an interesting one because I don't. Oh, I definitely think it's true. I mean, just just read Facebook comments. You'll know it. People yeah, need that's to be true. Right. There's arguments. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, people definitely need to be right, but I, I don't think anybody would admit that they mm-hmm. need to be right. They just think right. they are right. Right. That's true. So it's very kind of subtle, like you would, like some people agree, yeah, you know, kind of need a scapegoat or like, um, now people will agree. I think other people need to be right, but they would rarely agree that they need, that they're addicted to being right. But that's only because they think they already are right. You know, I think that certain people with egos need to be right, but I think that maybe, I don't know, maybe that's across the board, you know? I think it's across the board because I think, there's a comfort in believing that you are right. Yeah. And so the need is kind of there. It's not like, it's not like some of the, or the other needs where um, you're aware of the need. I think this is just because information is just everywhere. And there's so many sides that you can feel like you're already there, mm-hmm. but you don't actually know that that's what you need. It's almost like, you know, people are like, no, I don't need coffee. Yeah. But then they try to stop right. and they get a headache and they're <laughs> like, you know, that's right. passing out. You're like, so you don't feel like you need coffee, but yeah, right. you drink it every morning without fail. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. Like, it's like people who, you know, they say marijuana is not addictive and, mm-hmm. and people will be like, yeah, no, I, I can quit any time. It's like, well, when's the last time you right. didn't? Well, it's been a couple of years. I usually do it every day. I wake up first thing in the morning, <laughs> have a little wake and bake and, <laughs> but yeah, I can stop whenever. Like, Absolutely. you know, it's yeah. one of those, I mean, that's what addictions are. They control your life without you realizing that it's controlling your life. Right. Especially the really powerful ones. Mm-hmm. Like some of them, you know, you're out of control, you know, you're addicted and you still got to have it. I think this is one of those little, a little bit more subtle addictions. Sure. Because like I said, you already feel like you already are right. Yeah. Whether you are or not, you feel like you already are. So you don't feel like there's a, a gap or a missing thing there. Right. You know, so, yep. um, and then the final one, um, let's do a recap real quick before. So first was people need to feel needed. Second was, um, people will do anything to gain a sense of hope when they're stuck. Absolutely. Number three was people need a scapegoat. That's right. Who's the fault for all your problems in life? Yes. That's a big <laughs> one. People need to be noticed and feel understood. Mm-hmm. People need to know things other don't. Secrets, insider secrets. Number six, people need to be right. And number seven. Seven. Drum roll. People need to feel a sense of power. Power. Control. I bet there's a a lot of people out there. Maybe, I mean, we've got some pretty savvy listeners, but Mm -hmm. I could see people arguing with this one too. Like, oh, I don't really need. Power comes in different forms. Love. Exactly. Yeah. It, this is another one of those subtle ones. Right. You know, if I said control, you'd yeah. probably agree a lot more than power. Yeah. I, but it's I, kind of the same thing. Control mm-hmm. and power, kind of the same thing. Yep. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think control is probably the better word there. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll go with power. I mean, we could substitute control. Uh, but I think that everybody think it, likes to have a sense of control. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe like power is actually more accurate, but people are willing to admit they need control. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things, like if I was writing copy, mm-hmm. I would probably never say you want p- power over your life. Right. Well, maybe some niches, but yes. for the most part, I'd probably say control. Yeah. That's you know, because right. I, I do think it's a little softer and, a, and people are more willing to accept that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he's writing this to other marketers. When, right. When Blair wrote this, he's writing to other marketers mm-hmm. and how things work. So some of the ways he's saying this, you would never use these phrases necessarily in copy. Sure. Right. You're not going to tell people necessarily they need a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. You're just going to, you're just going to give an example that they can relate to. Right. Or like you said, just say it's yeah. not your fault. Right. Without getting into the, who the scapegoat actually is. Right. Although it's good too, because if you can throw rocks at somebody, that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, I think power is, you know, we want power over our lives. We want power. Yeah. Um, and that comes in multiple ways. I mean, that's not yeah. necessarily like, um, you know, executive power that a lot of people think of. 
Sometimes right. that's power. That's just having control over the future, you know, not being or the power of choice. Yeah. Right? That, yeah, like, exactly. Having choice, being able to make choices and say, you know, you don't have to uh, work a nine to five. Right. I mean, you don't have to work for a company nine to five anymore. You can, you know, there are other options out there. You can have control of your life. You can have control of your lifestyle, you know, mm -hmm. without giving up um, your freedom, you know, or your, uh, you know, a lot of flexibility, you know, and that's big for a lot of people nowadays. I mean, you think about how, how often is that used in marketing mm -hmm. to people that want control of their life? It's not about so much money, but it's about yeah. freedom, right? And yep. pe people market to freedom all the time. Yep. You know, if you're, if you've simply focused on the, the monetary, you know, rewards of what you might make, I mean, that's only part of it. I mean, you're not going to attract everybody, but if you focus on the amount of control and power that people have in their lives of being able to do what they want to do and still have a, a good income in life and be able to provide for their family and meet all their needs. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's ultimately what people want is control yeah. power. And if you think about money, I mean, money is, one of those tools that gives sure. you a sense of power, right? Absolutely. I mean, money, look, like it or not, money buys choices. Yeah, exactly. All the like, time. It, money will give you the opportunity to choose to send your kid to public yep. school or private school, That's allow right. them go to, you know, local rec league uh, baseball or mm -hmm. traveling baseball team. Right. Like, but it takes money to do that. Mm -hmm. And that money gives you a sense of power because it gives you choice. That's right. So yep. really, as we talk this out, I think people need to feel a sense of power is really choice is what it comes down to. It is. Yeah. You know, so if, if they feel like they have choices and they feel like they have power in the situation, just like yeah. you said, if I need time off from work and I work for a boss that, you know, has me working 10 hours a day, six days a week yeah. and days off are not negotiable, Yeah, you know, Two weeks of paid vacation. That's it. That's all you get. Yeah. You know, and even then <laughs> you better be checking in. That's right. Um, you know, so it's like, yeah, it's like that choice is what gives a sense of power and you sure. can, you can buy those choices with money, with yeah. time, with some other things. So, Absolutely. um, yeah. So I think, yeah, I think all these are true. Do you have a favorite as we wrap this up? Oh man. Yeah. Um, that you, that I like to agree use with? or that I'm, I'm more attracted to? Because those one. are two different questions. <laughs> yeah. So which one do you think is most, most powerful mm -hmm. when on average, when you're, when you're in negotiations and selling to, to your clients, your customers? Oh, you know, in my industry, um, I would say hope more than anything. Really? Um, Interesting. Impasse people, will do anything for a gain for, for a sense of hope. And I probably use that one more. Um, I would say that I use that one more than anything. Um, Interesting. I would not have guessed that. Yeah. It's cool. Because ultimately, like I said, it's all about human psychology Yeah, and you can be a master salesperson. I've always said this. If you can be a master salesperson, if you understand human psychology, you don't have to understand the business that you're in. I mean, mm -hmm. that's just part of it. Uh, you're going to learn that as you go. Understanding human psychology is the most important thing you can ever understand or learn if you're in the world of sales, uh, ultimately. Because yeah. it it's transferable. It could, you can transfer it to any industry. Because there's human beings behind the desk of every industry, every yeah. Uh, company that you sell to, I don't care what you're doing. There are human beings and they have problems and they have needs. And I think that understanding what their needs are and offering a sense of hope for the people that you sell to is ultimately yeah. what you need to understand in, in sales. So, I mean, there's a lot of good things, but to me, that's, that's probably the biggest one. Um, and it's, it boils down to empathy, understanding who you're selling to and, and really asking yep. the right questions and getting on their level and understanding what their greatest needs and what their greatest fears are, you know? So, yeah, I agree. I think for me, I think it's probably, um, I think if I look back on a lot of my copy that I've written for different industries, it's mm -hmm. actually number seven. Okay. 
when we frame it in the idea of, of choice and, you know, either time savings, money savings, money creation, mm-hmm. like most of the things I've written kind of end up in one of those categories, sure. which is all yeah. sets of power. Now, if I was writing um, nonprofit stuff mm-hmm. or election type stuff or political stuff, I would definitely go with number one, which is people need to feel needed. Needed, yeah. Uh, especially when you're donating money, like mm-hmm. you think about the, uh, super sad, you know, pet commercials, Sarah McLaughlin, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> sad pet commercials, right, right. like what, that's right. what they're playing on. Right. Is that yeah. we need your help. I mean, they literally say that in the, in the commercials, like these animals need your help. Oh, I know. Yeah. Come save them. And that just music just, just kills. It. I mean, that, that music just like. Yeah, right, with, with the, the sad little shaking things. And I saw, <laughs> you know, comedians, they can take anything and like turn it into funny. So they, I saw this comedian talking about one of those ads. He's like, I'm not giving to those animals. I know they're okay. They're doing commercials. <laughs> they're not homeless. <laughs> they're on TV. They're on TV. They're doing, they're living well, man. So, yeah. So I thought that was funny. It's one of the, but you hear a Sarah McLaughlin song, man, that's, yeah. It's along with that. You might as well just open your wallet and write, <laughs> write a check or tap the card or whatever you the do these days. Arms of an angel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> text text ten dollars to zero boop, boop, zero zero. Oh, man, this is so sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it works. Yeah. You know, we want we want to feel needed. We want to feel like we're part of the solution. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so yeah, these. So it does. I think vary like which one you would use depending on kind of what industry you're in and things like that, but they all work in all industries because there's always a human involved. And scapegoat's another one. I mean, I could use, I I, I use all these, but scapegoat's another one. I'm killing it on the scapegoats when, you know, there's always someone to blame, you know, when you're in sales, like, you know, whether it's, you know, um, obviously the inflation factor, you know, you you start to blame me. You know, I talk, you know, I think about, you know, price controls or not price controls, but uh, um, price increases, inflation has been a significant part of, of, you know, price increases on raw materials. And I've had to have those difficult conversations with, you know, a lot of people that I work with and sell to on a regular basis. And so, and you're like, you know, those, those kids in China, man, they want to race. They're, They're raising in the pits. Absolutely. Trust me. Every time I go into a meeting with a buyer before, before I meet with them and talk to them about the, the 30% price increase they're about to get hit with, I'm going to make sure that I have a scapegoat and I'm tying yeah. this to a scapegoat and there is a scapegoat, you know, they're quite yeah. frankly, I mean, it's easy, you know, in this, in this, um, in these turbulent times, but you always have a scapegoat on who it's not like we're just, we have to increase your prices, but guess what China's doing? You know, guess what's yeah. happening over in China? Guess what's yeah. happening? But hoarding know? resources you know, or whatever, <laughs> like these Chinese, man, it's China or, you know, the war in Ukraine is, has been yeah. another uh, scapegoat, you know, and people uh, have used that, you know, to, I think in some situations been overused, Oh, but sure. there is a scapegoat out there everywhere and yep. you're seeing it in the, uh, you know, in the prices of fuel, the prices of gasoline, you know, when, um, you know, natural and, gas, and what's interesting is like an scapegoat doesn't have to be a person. It could be a situation. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. right. You don't have to tie you, it to some person specifically. It's right. It doesn't have to get personal yeah. necessarily. Yeah. It can in some things you want to mm-hmm. No, if I'm, if, if I'm running a political ad, then yeah, I'm going to go directly at probably mm-hmm. my opponent. Absolutely. Yeah. But like you're saying, I might go more general economic conditions. If I was talking about price increase, right. I don't want, I don't want to be the bully pushing one person under That's the bus right. either. It's like my, you just, <clears throat> you just don't look good when you do that. My friend, uh, Kent Julian, who we've had on the show in the past, you know, he's a professional speaker, very good yeah. speaker. And you know, his niche is in the education market, but he talks about, you know, when he, you know, he talks about like his competition, like a lot of, you know, a lot of other speakers out there, you know, yeah, this is how they go about things. 
you know, yeah. this is not how I do it. Right. Yeah. And, and he's not labeling anybody in particular, but the industry, right. Yeah. I mean, in his industry, this is how a lot of things, how a lot of things work, but here's how I'm a little bit different than what right. the industry is. So. Right. Which, which leads into the whole, you know, he knows something they don't know. That's right. Yeah. You know, and then Inside. you want to know that, yeah. like all that stuff. Yeah. All these loop back on each other. <laughs> that's that's right. what they're very, yeah, they, they're, they all tie in very well together uh, yeah. as a whole. So, yeah, well, that's good stuff. Absolutely. We're right at an hour. Okay. Um, so that's good stuff. Love it, man. And uh, that book just keeps on giving. Uh, it's uh, again, you need to check it out. Just Google, uh, Sean, do we have a link or should they just Google, uh, Blair, Blair Warren. Warren. Okay. Dot com. Blair Warren. Dot com. And then like okay. I said, you'll have to go to his up top. There's a search bar. You can't really see the search bar. It's a little arrow and you just right. click on the arrow and it opens up a search bar. Um, it's a very minimalistic type site. And like I said, it's not active. And we're Maybe. not getting any affiliate off of no. this. We're just recommending it because it's good, good stuff. So yeah, it's a great book. Um, and if you want his like smaller version, the mm-hmm. one sentence persuasion. Oh, that's course, good too. Very that good. is on Kindle. Yeah. So if you if you search Blair Warren on on Amazon, you'll get that. That's the yeah. only, he's written two books, but you want the one sentence persuasion course, which is always also really really good. It's really good. Which basically sold this. Oh no, yeah, yeah. It it sells. It, was, it does a really good job. I mean, and that that ebook was a very is informative. like on Kindle is like three or four dollars. You know. Yeah. So it's like nothing. And it was basically a sales letter disguised as an ebook. It's, exactly. Yeah. So very and useful, again, very informative. Um, he doesn't even know you who want we more. Walk, you know, I don't know. This guy's like off the radar. So, yeah. but we just endorse him because it's good stuff. So, yeah, he's he's. Uh, I've seen some other guys who've done YouTube videos about his work, and mm-hmm. yeah, nobody knows where this guy is. He's <laughs> just out. We'll there come to find out one day that he doesn't even exist. Yeah, he's probably His a pen name. Exist. He's a pen name. <laughs> Because somebody got tired of writing under. <laughs> That's right. It's like Michael Masterson. He's like, yeah, I'm done with that. Yeah. Now he's now he's back. Who to Mark is Ford. really? What is his name? Really? I mean, Mark Ford. Mark Ford. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so another Michael good writer. Was a little more. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Amazing writer. Sure. I love listening or reading his stuff. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Okay. Um, as always, you can find us over at persuasionbythepint.com. You can find us on all of your podcast platforms, Stitcher Radio, iHeart, Spotify, you name it. We're there. You can find us over at Facebook, over at our group, Persuasion by the Pint, and just do a quick search. Or if you have comments, you can email us over at persuasionbythepint at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sean, it's been fun, man. We got a great weekend coming up. A yep. lot of good stuff happening. We got the World Series. Um, you know, your wife's uh, Philadelphia Phillies with the Houston <laughs> Astros uh, yep. is going on. We got a lot of good stuff in football, college football. Uh, a big weekend in college big, football. Big, huge, humongous weekend if you follow college football. I'm going to tell you, though, you know, even if you're not a, f- a college football fan, If you are a follower of gambling, which I sometimes like to uh, check into, uh, not that I have issues or problems or anything like that, but I do. (laughs) I don't have any gambling addictions yet. Uh, But if you do, if you, it's fascinating. I think we should probably do a segment in our uh, on our show about gambling, gambling and persuasion. I think we should probably get a gambler on here someone from or a casino owner or yeah. a bookie i'm gonna put that yeah. out there i'm gonna put that yeah. out oh, that'd be the, good uh, on the on the and the query in the hero yeah so yeah and, I'm, and that really feeds into number six that people need to be right people that's really what right absolutely that's what they're doing right that's they're, right they're betting on how right yeah, they are and I, yeah that was what i was going to say is like the money it's fascinating when you watch some of these lines uh mm-hmm. in gambling how you know, how people put their, where people put their money says a lot, right? Yeah. It Especially tells on a mass scale. It tells right? a story. Yeah. Yeah. It tells you know, a our story. friend, uh, RC, he says that about the stock market. Yeah. Like yeah, if you look where people are putting their money, this is the stock market is just where are the most people That's putting right. their money at any given time. That's right. If That's you want to follow election predictions, which I typically will look, I never look at what the polling says in elections. 
and we're about to come up on it. We we might be able to talk about this too next week, Sean. Uh, yeah. Post election, uh, but I like to. I don't go to polls. I like to look at betting models, right? Because they're pretty accurate. Wow. If you follow the last several you can bet elections, on any, anything these days, <laughs> there are degenerate. And I don't gamble. I, I got to preface this. I don't gamble, but I do. I am fascinated by reading. Uh, by watching and looking at lines on, you know, games and then also, you know, where people are placing their money on, you know, upcoming elections is fascinating, but wow. it's, it's amazing how accurate those are. So I never even thought about people are betting on elections, but I guess they, they are. They are betting. Yes, absolutely. That's, that's people, crazy. Yeah. And people will put their money. It's not based on emotion. It's, it's on. Yeah. So where they're putting their money. I mean, they got to make some money off of this. So it's it's pretty interesting. So I have to That's, rustle yeah. up a guest on that. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun for sure. All right. Well, good All stuff. Right, well, hey, we'll see you guys next week. Sean, it's been fun. Have a great yep. weekend. We'll talk to you next week. See you.